everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis, a foodie born and bred. My wife, Nikki, loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband, David, thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a chef for under $20, because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. First, I just want to say happy 36th birthday to Jason Nellis, our oh, oldest yes. son. And it's Jenny Winter's birthday, too. <laughs> yeah, that, too. I just remember that. All it's right. So we've got a show. I'm going to be 400 pounds heavier when the yes. show is over. Kareem, Mr. Bake Queeman is with us. He's the founder and man rolling in dough. <laughs> At Mr. Bake Sweets, uh, he won Buddy Velastro's, uh, you, know, you know, Buddy's the cake boss. He won his uh, newest uh, TV series, Bake It Like Buddy, and he currently holds the title of the first male, the first guy to win America's Best Baker. It's usually the reverse, okay. I just want to say. So, so, congratulations. That's right. So, You're we're going to be talking to him. And speaking of sweet success, BC Naji is founder and CEO of 1231 Spirits. I've been talking to him. If you look in the dictionary under the word entrepreneur, I think his picture is there. He launched a liquor company in 2017. He's also he's already got 50 accounts in the D.C. area, and when you hear how he did it, it's you'll blow your mind. Speaking of blowing your mind, Tatiana Podliaco is a woman who loves dessert over all other courses, but she's she loves She's the cotton candy health. queen. She loves health, too. She's got a company called Rawfully Delicious. Get it? Like awfully delicious, everybody. I know, everybody. but she started in cotton candy. I know she started. I remember now she was on the show, but she she makes healthy desserts essentially, and we're going to hear all about that. Now, this is a big one. The nonprofit St. Baldrick's Foundation raises money to combat childhood cancers every year. Uh, volunteers tee up. They raise money during the uh, you know the course of the the weeks leading up to the big shaving day promotion, and that's when people who are in the competition um, volunteer to have their heads shaved. To raise even more money, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Nellis, who is one of the world's great okay, this mixologists. This is the introduction. Wait, We're never going to get through he's it. He's doing it. Wait, wait. And I get to shave his head, and he's out of town, so he won't hear that. Okay. All right. And uh, Zachary Faden is lead bartender at Brasserie Liberté, one of our sponsors. And the cocktail program there is a terrific one. He's in mixing things up for us. We're going to be hearing from him shortly. But first, Let's go to our friend Kellen Williams on the phone from Toby Island Oysters. He's out at Central Farm Markets. Kellen, are you there? Hey, David, Nikki, how you doing? Well, we're Hi, doing Kellen. Well. How are you? So tell us what. Tell us a little bit <laughs> uh, about your um, oyster farm. Uh, sure, yeah. So we're a small boutique oyster operation located in Chinatown Bay. Um, there's me, uh, Kellen, uh, David Bruce, and two other partners. Uh, a lot of us have been on the water, watermen, uh, kind of just working the bay since the 1600s. So we're continuing that tradition and taking the bay sustainably, uh, growing oysters, so I do aquaculture. So it's one of the best uh, ways to sustain and grow protein uh, much ever. Uh, oysters are delicious. Uh, you get them here in Bethesda. And we're also a few of the markets uh, around the D.C. area. So when you get, when people pick up oysters from you at the Bethesda market, are you, like, shucking them right there? Do you teach people how to shuck them? Because <laughs> I think sometimes people are a little sure. afraid, right? I hear you're a big shucker. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm the biggest shucker. <laughs> He's like, I never uh, heard that one before. Yeah, you never heard that one before, <laughs> Kellen, I know. 
I, I thought it was genius, man. Um, sure. Yeah, I think shucking is actually one of the, I mean, kind of, it's, people go into it thinking that, like, uh, you know, it's just, oh, man, it's just, you're just, you've got this blade, and you got the oyster, and this is big rocks of water, and I even get to it, and it's start. Um, but, you know, it's it's not as daunting as uh, a lot of folks It's kind of easy. Just take your time. And, there's you know, there's a kind of a message to the madness. And, and, you know, I'm here um, for a whole market to show you if you need any training or help, uh, I am the guy to go to. So um, essentially all your shucking needs here at Togo Island. All right. Um, if you just need to get an introduction or, um, you know, like just uh, to see how it's done. All right, Kellen, unfortunately, you keep breaking up. We've got a bad connection, but I want you guys to make sure you go out and look for Toby Island Bay Oysters uh, at uh, Central Farm Markets in Bethesda, Bethesda Elementary, and today also out at George Marshall High School right off of uh, the Beltway on Route 7 in Northern Virginia. Hey. All right. Yeah, and Dan and Nikki, there's also uh, guys at Central Farm Markets. Kellen, I'm sorry, you keep dropping out. We're going to have to go. Um, we'll try and get you back in, uh, on the show on another Sunday because uh, with a better connection, okay? He's gone. Okay, great. Okay, bye, Kellen. All right. All right. Zachary Faden. Step up to that mic. So, so w- w- we had um, uh, Hakan uh, Ilhan in here right before Brasserie Liberté opened, and it's right next door to Cafe Milano when we were talking about, you know, what that would do. It would create sort of a power spot in Georgetown for dining. And you guys have been crushed since you opened. Um, Is there and, a question here? Do you yes. Have something to say? So what are you doing, you know, because you're obviously doing something right because people are coming back. So Yes, sir. I mean, it's been a great success. Uh, in our first week, we started to get our regulars. I mean, uh, the first two days we had people come back. The first two days, three times, like, oh, there's going to be a new favorite spot. Uh, so Brasserie Liberté opened uh, as the old Morton spot on Prospect Street in Georgetown right next to Cafe Milano. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. It opened in November. I hope every time you say Cafe Milano, they, like, give you a little percentage. What are those dollars? <laughs> it's nothing official, but at some point, I mean, I'll host you on my yachts. Well, what are those bills sticking out of your pocket? So um, talk a little about the cocktail program. Yeah. So I wanted the cocktail program to match the ethos of the restaurant. So being a brasserie, it's going to be a larger menu, doing the classics, doing it right with a fair price and having the best possible ingredients. And I wanted to have that match with the cocktail program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the cocktail program is going to be the classics done right with a fair price, uh, sourcing the best possible ingredients at the best possible prices, uh, and then offering people the, the classics they, they know and then some of the ones that have uh, kind of fallen through the cracks as well. Well, so give us an example of some of the classics that people know. Like what's the first drink you're making today? Uh, the first drink I'm going to make is a French 75. Mm-hmm. That's a classic that was uh, first made uh, in uh, World War I. Uh, the French and the, the British came together. Uh, wartime's not going to stop them from drinking, but uh, somehow on the, the front lines, soda water is hard to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the British generals were trying to make their Tom Collins of uh, gin, lemon juice, uh, and soda water, <laughs> I say, should yeah. we charge today? They couldn't. They couldn't get any. Uh, they couldn't get any soda water. That was hard. The mm-hmm. French generals said, "Oh, well, don't you worry, we have champagne." Uh, so they kind of combined that and made a nice little, nice little kick uh, drink. That's uh, so, a really interesting yeah. piece of history. Yeah. All right. Well, while you're making that for everybody in studio, we'll get to our first well, it's guest. Probably how the Germans almost won World War One. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's talk to Kareem, Mister Bake Queeman. What a great name. Thank so you. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you got into this? What's your 411? Uh, well, I fell in love with sweets as a kid. Um, and from there, it just catapulted. I went to home economics 
RIP to home economics. Were you the only guy in home oh, economics? Probably. No, everybody has to take home economics. No, actually, I probably was like the third guy. I was only like three guys in home economics. Okay. Um, but um, it was fun. And that really kind of strayed me into going into culinary arts. So I went to culinary arts school, being from New York City. So I graduated from Monroe College, the French Culinary Institute. And then it just went in, went to went to all bakeries. But, and yeah, worked. but I was going to say, what drove you to be behind the pastry stand as opposed to being high, behind, <laughs> you know, the yeah. grill? Like, what made you decide that way Desserts. to go? Dessert. So falling in love with, you know, as a kid, you want a piece of cake, you want a piece of pie, you want ice cream. You want all the sugar. All the sugar. Right. And then when I made my first cake, which was uh, out of the box, Duncan Hines, mm-hmm. um, I just fell in love from there. Okay. And so what, so you did all this training. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of your resume. Like, where'd you go to bake? Because you're... You don't have a brick and mortar. Like, you're a caterer. Yes, yes. So, so what does that look like? Because I don't think a lot of people think that way when it comes to baked goods, right? They don't. So what I do is I focus in custom cakes and desserts on the catering and the wholesale aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can come to me and get your comfort food of banana pudding, or you can come to me on a catering side and want to feed 150 people and do shooters of that same banana pudding. So I offer them in both varieties. So okay, is it a cool. kind of a commissary setup? Or yes. I mean, where are you? In Maryland, Lago, Maryland area. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so what are, like, let's talk about some of the things you're doing and let's talk about the competition that mm. you just won. Yes, yes. So some of the things we're doing right now, so well, I did two competitions. Oh, okay. I did the Bacon Like Buddy back in 2018 with mm-hmm. my cousin and we won that. Uh-huh. And then most recently. So ahead. how did you win it? <laughs> Well, I got prepared for that. How many people right. were you up against? Um, it was only one other it. group, and yeah. there were a set of cousins as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going neck to neck. We had four hours to complete a Thanksgiving-themed cake. And what we did was... That sounds so uh, stupid. Why do they make you do those kinds of things? <laughs> I hate those competition shows. Like, seriously. Make something out of seatbelts and see what, and make it taste good. Because okay. when you're on every week, you run out of ideas. Yeah, I, know. I, know, I know, I know. Not on this show, but on other shows. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, so we went there and we had fun. Um, it was a rough 20... I did that in 2018, the top of 2018. Mm-hmm. It was a rough 2017. I lost my mom oh. um, in 2017. So what was, I was getting prepared for what was coming. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, the you. God said, something's coming to you. Get ready. I have mm. this competition. We went for it. I actually wasn't going to do that competition. Wow. I backed out days before. And the producer said, no, we want you. Buddy wants you. And I'm so glad I did. It was the best experience in my life. That is amazing. Yeah. So mm. now you brought in this Thin Mint, yep. mint cake today because yes. this one. This right. one was one of the favorites on the Girl Scout Cookie Championship that aired um, every Monday this February. We were the premiere episode. Okay. I didn't win that competition, but I won Best Taste. You won Best Taste. Oh, I know I did. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, without a the doubt. The way they went, right. mm, and I. So what is it? Like, so, how... Okay, yeah. so, the competi- so the competition, the last part, <laughs> was we had to create a planet and a Hold cake. On. There's a drink, like, right next to your hand. Oh. I don't want you to, like, <laughs> Thank you. hit it. That's you should right. drink it. There you go. Have a sip. Thank yes. you. This is good. This is delicious. Mm. Wet my palate. So we had to create a, a cake-inspired planet using one or more of the Girl Scout cookies. So what I did was I used the Thin Mint cookie because that was my mom's favorite. So That's wanted, everybody's favorite, okay. dude. <laughs> wanted to pay homage to my mom. Uh-huh. And then what I did was I created a chocolate cake with a uh, light mint cream cheese frosting, mm-hmm. crushed up thin mint cookies, dark ganache drizzled, and then encased it in a vanilla buttercream frosting. I mean, it is gorgeous. It is <laughs> totally and completely open. gorgeous. So when people 
are working with you, mm-hmm. can you get really creative with them or do you just have a set menu? Like as this sort of caterer, I feel like you probably have a lot more flexibility to work with people for fun desserts and things of that nature. I do both. So we do have a set menu, but I also tell people we are not limited to this menu. Please advise and we will um, try well, to What are some of the things that you love to make? Like if somebody's having a, a party for, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, 50 people, mm-hmm. And they want a cake, but they also want a dessert bar because dessert bars are really popular right Absolutely. now. So what are some of the things you recommend for that dessert bar? So for the dessert bar, mm. one of our top favorites are is our award-winning banana pudding, mm-hmm. our strawberry shortcake uh, shooters, okay. any of our mini cupcakes. The sweet potato cake was one of the cakes that won us the competition on Bake It Like Buddy. Okay. So always push that one. Uh-huh. Our red velvet cake is really good. We do a lot of minis, shooters, and my bite-sized cookies and Sorry, I got to interrupt. Cakes. This cake is great. Is it good? <laughs> It's good. Thank you. Thank I, I want to ask, we're going to go to commercial in about a minute, but have, has anybody come to you and asked you to do something that's so whacked out that you're like, I don't even know how to... Yes. And, what, what I don't remember what it is, but I've gotten that I've gotten that a lot when they go like for especially designs. I'm not into sculpting, so people were asking me like scope a face or scope my dog or something like that. That's a and lot I, of work. That is a lot of work, and then a, half the time they don't want to pay the money. Well, for yeah, work. I know, right? You know how that goes. Well, so. because people think. I mean, listen, you know this better than me, but people think that uh, when they're when it comes to desserts and cakes, especially they're like flour, sugar, butter. Like, how much does that cost? Yeah. But the time it takes is what costs the money. It's the labor. The labor is incredible. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, David will finish that piece of cake. (laughs) And uh, we'll talk more about how to get in touch with Mr. Bake. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. Uh, We're toasting with a French 75. We'll be back in just a sec. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And Nikki has a burning question for you. Well, it's not a burning question. But, you know... Listen, it's fabulous that you're out there baking all these cakes Mm. and bakeries are on the rise in the D.C. area. But people do like to bake at home. Mm. And one of the questions I have is I think some people are intimidated by baking Mm -hmm. because it's so scientific. And if we take Duncan Hines off the table, but want to make a cake from scratch, what are some of your recommendations to keep a cake like super moist and really delicious? Um, number one is to follow the recipe in its entirety. I Don't think, improvise. Yeah, no, no. For, I, most of us would get and say, oh, I'm going to do these cinnamon buns, let's say, or this cake, and just go at it early in the morning. No, read it in its entirety. Make sure you have all the ingredients. Make sure all the ingredients are up to date in terms of they're not expired. Any mm-hmm. dairy products, your baking powder has an expiration date. People don't even know that and even consider that to be an issue. That is very true. But that can affect... The chemistry, which is the science Mm -hmm. of baking. So we want to make sure, if I can give you any rule today, Mm -hmm. read your recipe from start to finish. Make sure you have everything in your pantry before you start. That is excellent. And that your stuff is fresh. Yes. That is excellent advice. Um, also, you should always get your um, oven checked for the right temperature. Absolutely. Next thing is I'm um, checking your oven, making sure mm-hmm. that it's calibrated correctly. Well, you know, Mr. Baker, I think you need more energy. That's <laughs> You said I need more energy. Yeah. He's like, I eat that sugar, dude. I, mean, I, don't know, I, I don't know how you can get up Sunday morning and be this jacked. This so um, tell us, uh, tell everybody, please, where they can find you, how they can order your baked goods, and where we can you on social and etc. Okay. Um, you can definitely find me hopefully on more national television. That is my goal mm-hmm. um, to make a more prominent face for black and brown LGBT chefs. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a shortage of us 
Oh, and, and I do want to mention, you were featured this year at Chefs for Equality. Yes, yes. We have a date for next year. We'll talk after the show. We want to make sure you're back once yes, again. Yes, yes, I had a great time. Yeah. Um, but you can meet, reach me at Mr. Bake Sweets on Instagram, MrBakeSweets.com on my website, Mr. Bake on Facebook, and mm-hmm. then Baking with Mr. Bake on YouTube. Okay, fabulous. Thank you for coming in. It's they don't have to see you. You don't have Get Baked with Mr. Bake? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's Sajid. That's, that's, that's next. Sajid. That's next. <laughs> All righty then. When All you right. start putting CBD oil in your cakes, you That's can use right. that one, right? That's it. Okay. So let's go back to Zachary. So Zach, Zachary, this for, are you Zachary or Zach? What do you like? I'm a third child. As long as you're nice, I'll answer to anything. Right. Oh my God. Zachary, dinner's ready. <laughs> um, so uh, this this was really smooth. This is lovely. Yeah. So now I love that you knew the history of the drink. Is that something that's important to you when you're doing these classic cocktails? Uh, yes, I learned to be a bartender by uh, reading and drinking. Uh, I was originally planning to be a college. So wait a second, couldn't you drink and then read, or you had uh, to? It depends on the order, and then uh, then one's better than the other. And, uh, yeah, and by, like, by the time you're done, the more you drink, that. the less you read, and the less you understand what you read. I would so. say you also double recipes too, don't you? Because your vision is blurred. Uh, but I mean, originally I was planning to be a college professor. I was uh, planning to get my uh, PhD and got sidetracked and became a defense contractor. In what? Uh, the American Revolution and intellectual history. Yeah, another history major. Yeah, yeah and we're not doing what we studied to and do. As are you we? can, uh, as you can only do in DC, I accidentally became a defense contractor. Uh, and then I realized that uh, <laughs> I liked uh, making cocktails and drinking cocktails and going to cocktail bars. And my real passion was making cocktails and not uh, spreadsheets and powerpoints and uh, cubicle life. So I made that departure, and uh, now I've been playing with alcohol professionally. Well, That's I it. think, and you do a really good job with that. So yeah. why don't you tell us what you're putting together next? Right. Uh, so the next cocktail, uh, I think like every cocktail, every bottle comes with a story, people that made it, where it came from, uh, everything around it. Uh, it's not just as it taste good, but it's also, you know, the context and the history of it. Uh, so the next one is coming from, uh, we start off with uh, World War One. now we're going to World War Two. Mm-hmm. we're making a Kier Royale. Have you had a ro- war thing? No, wait, going? this is uh, a I mean, good just, story. I mean, well, tell right. us in, about in, the Kier Royale. In good times you drink, in bad times you drink, uh, mm-hmm. and in, uh, in war you drink And then sometimes like, you just drink. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, in World War Two, the Nazis uh, rolled into France, and uh, the Nazis loved wine, so they came, went into Burgundy, and they took all the high-end red wine. Um, and the French were, you know, didn't like the Nazis for a number of reasons, uh, probably the least of which was they took their wine. Uh, but the mayor of Dijon was a gentleman named um, uh, Father Kier. He was a Catholic priest. And he said, oh, well, you didn't take your aligote, which is an overlooked uh, smaller white bridal. And he added creme de cassis to it and said, look, we made red burgundy. Take that, Nazis. You can't take everything away from us. Oh and then do, you, the war- do you think the Nazis said to him, do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> Uh, I think I think the Nazis said a lot. Or of Or did things. he hide the gray poupon? I can't believe you people are laughing at that. <laughs> well, wait. They haven't been married to me for twenty five <laughs> oh years, God. and they haven't heard this stuff before. And then, that uh, is a great, great story. So you're making that yeah. for us next. Yeah, so that was, so that was the, uh, the still, uh, still version, the cure. And then uh, as the war started to turn, um, you know, the, the Nazis took all the champagne. There's still some sparkling around, and uh, the Father Dijon needed something to celebrate the uh, the Nazis leaving, getting defeated. Uh, and leaving France, and made a Kier Royale. The real uh, Royale is uh, indicating a sparkling, bubbly, celebratory drink. So it's right. creme de cassis, uh, sparkling wine, and then finished off with a lemon spritz. Excellent. Well, we, thank you so much. We just finished watching uh, the first uh, season of Hunters, so we're big There's on... only one season out of Hunters. I know, the first season. There's another one coming. Right, right maybe. Get them Nazis. All yeah. right. <laughs> okay. So now I, I mentioned at the start of the show that B.C. Naji is a uh, is the founder and CEO of 1231 Spirits, but he is a... This guy is is like... He's like... Mr. Bake here. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, we, have entrepreneur. Two really, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in studio. Tatiana is an entrepreneur. Coming on. So, I love that. BC, why don't you talk a little bit about your background and how this happened? Because um, obviously you were a heavy drinker. and then <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of heavy drinkers in studio <laughs> Just a today. little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, so to be honest, I didn't 
really plan on getting into the spirit industry. Uh, my background is biology. I mm-hmm. did that in undergrad at Howard University. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, <laughs> I had a New Year's Eve party uh, where I invited some friends of mine, some close friends of mine, and I wanted to make a drink that I liked. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a big fan of the taste of alcohol, so I made Velvet Berry, 1231 Velvet Berry, what's in that product now. Um, and within 10 minutes, my friends, like, crushed my drink. Like Okay, but what was your drink? So you're like, was, I don't like a, to just Yeah, but are these did? friends that would have swallowed so, Bones so Farm these, if you give it to These are friends that are like, I only drink hard stuff. I only uh, drink right. the browns. I don't drink that. But what was it? So you didn't like, when you say you didn't like alcohol, did you not like cocktails? Did you not like, like I, I just, what did you like? I wasn't a like? fan of drinking. So, I, so for me, I don't have a mixology background or a bartender background, so... Mm-hmm. I never really could make drinks to taste good. Mm-hmm. Like it was either too sweet or too strong. Mm-hmm. But somehow I was able to formulate this one cocktail. And what was it? It was a mix of white rum and mm-hmm. vodka. And so some really other... not strong at all. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. How many of your friends died that night? <laughs> <laughs> at the funeral, we served. <laughs> he was a good man. <laughs> um, okay, so you made this combination. Yes. And then, I mean, listen, there are lots of people who have parties, play bartender for the evening. People have a great time. Don't remember it the next day. But yet people called you up the next day and said, you should bottle that? Yeah. They were just like, what was that that you made? And I was like, oh. And why can't I remember it? I can't remember it. But um, they were like, it tasted really good. And Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, a big sweet or kind of cocktail person. I, mm-hmm. I drink my Yeah, I mean, straight, Mr. So. Big is sitting right next to you. Don't tell him you don't like sweets. <laughs> okay, That's a problem. <laughs> no, my friend said that. I love sweet stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they, so that kind of like sparked something that made me feel like I had, I was onto something. So mm-hmm. I decided to, to bottle it and I called it 1231 uh, because it was New Year's Eve. But okay. talk about the whole process you had to go through because it's not, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just... Bottling it, it's I, yeah, not I glanced, like you could I, just... I danced like, through put, that. You know, uh, it, it's, it was tough. I had to find a distillery that would help uh, bottle my product. So where'd you go for that? I went to Kentucky. Oh, well. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, I had to had to make a couple lies up to my mom because I didn't I didn't tell her I was going into this industry. Uh, as, his mother happens his to mother be in my mother to be here. <laughs> What did you wait, wait, she just said you're grounded. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I did this right out of college. Uh, I was about twenty four when I started. I'm thirty now. Okay. Um so I had to make up some stories like, oh, yeah, I have a meeting down down in Kentucky. Because at that time, I still told her I was trying to do med school. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. And I kind of deviated from that path. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a doctor of mixology. Right. Right. Yeah. So you're like, I'm getting my, my PhD. PhD. There. Right. Right. I got a PhD. It's just not in what you were hoping for. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so I, how did you discuss, I mean, here you are, you're young, you don't have an a mixology education or really a, a distillery education. So how do you go down to Kentucky and be like, hey, like, make this for me. Right. How did so that happen? I did a lot of Google research. So I uh, I found a uh, co-manufacturers, what they call them. So mm-hmm. um, I reached out to them and I said, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And they said, yeah, we can do that. So I met up with them in Kentucky several times um, to discuss how we could go about bottling it. So Okay, so now you have, but you have multiple... Yes. So, Drinks, right? Yes. So, so the, what do we have in front of us? So right now, so we have two products. We have 1231 Velvet Berry, which is more ready to drink. It's a liqueur. Mm-hmm. Um, is that this? That's, yes. What, yeah, that's what you have there. Um, and then we have Silk, which we just released mm. um, end of last year. Okay. Um, 
So what you're drinking? You wouldn't now? even know there's any alcohol in that, right? And no so, wonder your friends died. Wait. So wait, what's in here? What's so in this? I gave you guys our berry cinnamon roll, uh, which is cinnamon syrup, mm-hmm. uh, lemon juice, and our twelve through one velvet berry. Wow. Yeah. It's and good. so, and that is half vodka, half rum. Half vodka, half rum. And what's the other one? This. The one? other one is silk. This is our flavorless option. It's forty percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. And we made that because people wanted something that was flavorless so they could mix with whatever juices they want. They didn't always want a berry flavor. So okay. We made the silk. All right. Before, because you're in 50 locations just in D.C. and Maryland. I, tell us about, because you had no experience in this and yeah, you self-distributed. Yeah, I mean, how, and you're, you're self-distributed? Did, did you just go knocking on doors? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, had to meet each store owner or, or buying manager one by one and, and uh, just pitch the product to them. But was that them. hard? I mean... It's such a machine out there. I mean, we have people in the restaurant industry in here. Yeah. Like getting in the door and getting your product so in front of a manager so or a bar person in a restaurant. I mean, that is so hard to do. Yeah. So how did you how did you make those contacts? Are you just knocked on doors? Knocked on doors. Uh, I would be told, I come back this time. This person's going to be here at this time. So I would mm-hmm. just pop back up at those times. That and, is uh, amazing. And then yeah. do you do... Can we find you at farmers markets or like are you doing tastings in other areas or you're like no I just want to be in restaurants and I want to be in liquor, liquor stores. stores. Um, so we do in store tastings. We're we're gonna start ramping up our on premise kind of deal so we can get in more on premise so people mm-hmm. can discover us a little bit more. Um, right now we do festivals. We try to do festivals as much as we can in in D.C. Maryland. Well, um, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, we just did a DC cocktail fest the other day, and and that berry cinnamon roll was like a hit. Oh, I bet people loved it. This so. is like drinking juice. No, it yeah. tastes. Yeah, I mean it's very. But subtle. it's not overly sweet. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't like. Balance. Yeah, it's yeah. very well balanced. Yeah. All right, can we? I mean, tell people where they can go be, to to get the list of mm-hmm. of outlets. Um, so you can go on our website at www.1231.com. That's T W E L V. 31.com. Yeah, leave the okay. E off. Yeah, leave that last leave E Leave that off. E off. <laughs> and what's next for you? Like, what are you hoping to do next? Uh, are you making more products? Like, what what do we? What can we expect from you in the future? So we're trying to uh, expand our repertoire. Yeah. And um, we have some more products in the wings, uh, but we're, we're still trying to build distribution. Are you not going to share those secrets with us? Not yet. Okay. I'll come back and let you guys try it when it's Okay. When it's well, that's yeah, exciting. I think he just want his mother to know what... <laughs> <laughs> What else he's into. <laughs> All right. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we, can we find you in Gemma? So you can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, at 1231, and Facebook, at 1231. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, and you should, if you have not tried the spirit, you should absolutely ask for it when you go into a restaurant, because when you ask for things, for sure. they wind up getting them. So sure. thank you guys for coming it's in today. Good. Thank you yeah. so much. You. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We're doing some raw eating when we get back. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And I will say that this Girl Scout cookie <laughs> cake and the drinks go very well together um so uh zachary wait a minute i don't even know i lost my spot here where are we we're going back to zachary or are we yeah, going we can right go back to zachary all right now. yeah let's yeah. i you, you mentioned the classics before um he mentioned them a couple times i know i know but i'm, I'm saying classics. one of the things that, that we've talked about with other you know other folks like you is how the kind of the 
the, the mixologists of this world kind of went out on a on a parabolic swing through the universe trying to make fancy you know fancier versions of the classics and in all kinds of you know shrubs and all this stuff what's your philosophy on all that do you like just keeping it simple yeah so I mean my philosophy is I mean uh, you know if you don't play if you don't you know improvise you're never going to make new drinks and you know um, I mean one of the classics from the uh, Savoy cocktail book is one of the the most influential cocktail books calls for vanilla ice cream, which is absolutely ridiculous. And you tell bartenders that they'll scoff at you and you pull out the book and you point to it and they go, oh, I guess you're right. Um, so I think, I mean, you, know, you should always be able to try new things, willing to play with things. I think that the fundamental core is balance, structure, flavor, and then paying respect to, to history, paying respect to what came before. Uh, so the next cocktail actually is going to be a riff on a classic. Uh, so you've probably heard of the martini. Uh, it's the king of cocktails from James Bond to you know, New York to Paris to, uh, to Vegas to Tokyo. Everywhere in the world, someone can get a martini. Uh, so uh, Shaken, not yeah. stirred. Yeah, so how are you riffing on it? What does uh, that so mean? Uh, for Tales of the Cocktail, it's a cocktail convention down in New Orleans. Uh, and, I think uh, we've heard of it. Yeah. Yep. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a small little gathering. Small. Uh, but in uh, 2017, they did an international uh, official cocktail competition uh, the year of the martini. Uh, and that year, I did uh, my improvisation on that, uh, the Ambrose de la Terre, uh, which won best martini in the world. Uh, so it's uh, still very much a classic and classic build structure, but it kind of uh, deviates a little bit. Um, so go back to kind of the earlier history of the martini. Um, so I'm, instead of using uh, gin, which is kind of the undisputed king of the martini, vodka's mm-hmm. creeping up in there. I went back to the uh, precursor of gin, which is Geneva. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you ever heard the phrase Dutch courage, uh, Dutch courage is what the soldiers would take little swifts from their hip flasks, and that was Geneva. But Geneva is like, it's like the... Residue of gin. What is so Geneva? It's, so it's, 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 it's a precursor to gin. So in uh, 1588, the uh, the Dutch were fighting the Spanish. Uh, the English came over to help the Dutch fight the Spanish. Quickly lost interest in that and went home. Uh, and they <laughs> knew that uh, they didn't know quite how to make Geneva. They didn't have the top scientists in the world like um, the Netherlands and Belgium did. So they kept adding more and more juniper to it and uh, less and less sugar and made London dry gin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of a small little war, like you said, war and alcohol go together hand in hand. Uh, so they made London dry gin. Then uh, they had a massive empire, and then gin became the forefather, um, but uh, you know at the forefront. Uh, but Geneva, it's a it's a malt. Uh, starts off as a, as a as a malt wine. Uh, so it's gonna be kind of like Irish whiskey, and uh, London dry gin had a baby. So it's that rich cereal notes of Irish gin of Irish whiskey, but then you get the floral juniper notes of uh, of of gin. Uh, and then to add to that, uh, adding uh, dry vermouth, uh, famously in the uh, the James Bond martini. A little bit of yellow chartreuse, which is made by monks in France, adds a little je ne sais quoi of, uh, you know, just herbal notes, chamomile, banana. Oh, c'est peel. la guerre. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then finishing it off with uh, celery bitters. toilet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, finishing it off with celery bitters, just adding just that, just, that, just really just a nice little vegetal note to it. Uh, the particular Geneva is distilled with, among other things, dried celery leaf. Uh, so it goes full circle in there. So is it Excellent. your theory as a as a as a still practicing historian that uh, without distilled spirits and fermented stuff, there never would have been any wars? Uh, I, I think that I think wars definitely help uh, propagate, uh, you know, new drinking cultures and new traditions. But uh, I don't think uh, you would have had uh, civilizations we know without brewing and without uh, fermentation and distillation. Uh, so I think that that was kind of a big one. There's been a number of books published on it about how, you know, beer allowed for, you know, from hunter-gathering to, you know, having a more, you know, agrarian society and then going to more of a commerce-based society. See. And then uh, distilled alcohol then has an either longer shelf life on that. Uh, so I think that uh, in order to get to the point where you're advanced enough to have a war, I think alcohol definitely had a hand in that. Um, hopefully alcohol doesn't lead to war and war doesn't no, lead to No, I think directly. until the Nazis started giving speed to their soldiers, they had to get people cranked to jump out of those trenches and run across an open field. But that's another story. Yeah, it's another the, show. Yeah, the, Nazi, right. the Nazis had meth, uh, the, the Dutch had uh, Geneva. So. All right, so All now, right, we're, well, make your now, cocktail. now we're going to go to stuff that's good for you. Um, uh, Tati, uh, Tatiana Poldiaco has been on the show before. She uh, has a show with 
cotton candy. Correct. Healthy cotton candy. Uh, she's got a company called Rawfully Delicious. It's healthy dessert cakes from things like activated nuts and seasonal berries, uh, low glycemic sweeteners, uh, no gluten and lactose. It's, so it's good for you. Uh, and we've got some in front of us. First oh, of all, wait a hi. Uh, okay. We don't know that it's just because it's raw doesn't mean it's good for you. I think we I need think to talk about your how you came to go from making cotton candy because like you can go to events all over town. Uh, we saw you at um, mm. what was it at uh, Nat Stadium mm-hmm. over the Enchant. holiday? We saw you yeah. there. Like anywhere that there is gourmet cotton candy, your company is there. So how did you go from cotton candy to raw baking? All right, so I love sweets, and mm-hmm. um, my, I have biggest sweet tooth. So that's how Cotton Candy Company came around. However, after years of consuming crazy amounts of sugar, <laughs> it started catching up to me. Mm-hmm. So I started, uh, my habits, my eating habits have changed to more health-conscious ones. So I started looking for different alternatives, because uh, not always I want sugar, not always I want that spike in insulin in my blood, and not always I want to feel the cravings and be addicted to it. So I was looking for just different healthy alternatives to desserts. Okay, but how did, I mean, there's lots of healthy alternatives Correct, to desserts, but, still but you went on the a market, very interesting route. Yes. So right now, um, as a shopper on the market, I realized that my options were limited. Although there were plenty of vegan and gluten-free and healthy options, mm-hmm. still lots of them were loaded with sugar which I was already managing, trying to manage. So I started looking into how to make nourishing cakes that had ingredients that were healthy, Mm -hmm. which basically all the ingredients I use are organic berries and fruits, low glycemic natural sweeteners, so they don't rise um, my blood sugar. For people who don't know what that means, like what kind of sugars do you use? So I use xylitol, which is a naturally occurring in birch. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has uh, absolutely uh, zero calories and also I think number um, has one rating on a low, uh, glycemic sweeteners. Sure. And then I use maple syrup. Um, mm-hmm. I use raw honey, which is really, really good for you. Uh, has really good glucose in it. And then I use activated nuts. Activated means like I soak them, which uh, removes um, the toxins in them, which is way easier for digestion. So that's what activated means when it refers to nuts? Activated means... So it's soaking them, but are you taking... When you're soaking nuts, like we're talking like cashews, Mm -hmm. almonds, I assume, right? So when you're soaking nuts, are we losing nutrients? No, not absolutely not. We're actually keeping the nutrients because nutrients usually lost when you cook. When you roast them. Yes, when you roast them, when you cook them. So raw diet means that nothing is cooked over the temperature of 115 degrees, which preserves all the nutrients in them. Activating means when you soak them, release uh, the enzymes in them that usually really heavy for people to digest. Mm -hmm. So like um, not um, cover what nuts are covered in, right? The skins. Yes, the skins. So Mm -hmm. that's uh, releasing it. So it means that they're way easier for digestion. Okay. So any nuts you are eating, you should be soaking them. So how did you? What kind of? This sounds like an incredible amount of research. I mean, it's not like the history of Zach. No, research. But this sounds um, like a lot of research to figure out how to, because all your stuff that you're making is desserts. Correct. And, but finding all the right ingredients, figuring out the process. And then how to make it taste good. And then how to make it taste good. Um, Basically just uh, satisfying myself, satisfying Mm -hmm. my sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. I was playing with a lot of different recipes, doing my research. I took a couple courses with Amy Levine. 
She's a London-based uh, raw pastry chef. Mm-hmm. And um, just basically experimenting on my friends and family, mm-hmm. um, trying to come up with these recipes that were good and, you know, had all the good nutrients in it as well. But why make it a business? Why not just do it for yourself? Like, why go that extra Because step? Um, I think um, the health, uh, okay, the community in D.C. in general and the world, uh, people are realizing that there are way more benefits to eating healthy uh, being healthier, stronger, and maybe live longer and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it, pretty much just trying to cater because I know as a consumer, I didn't have options. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of vegan people or raw vegan people or just people who are looking for healthier alternatives in their dietary habits. Mm-hmm. Well, So but- are you now raw vegan? No, I'm 50% raw vegan. Only the sugar? No. <laughs> <laughs> So, question: What's like the calorie and carb count of the? So, it depends on, of course, uh, the cake. Let's say this strawberry cheesecake right here with uh, fermented uh, cashews and strawberries. This is about um, two hundred a serving, two hundred mm-hmm. calories a serving, mm-hmm. which still all good calories. Right. So, when you're talking about caloric, so you're count, calling it cheesecake, but it's not cheese. It's a uh, cashew cheese. It's cashew cheese. Yes. And what okay. about carbs? Um, there are carbs in it, but they all come from fiber and, uh, yeah. And so what else do you have there? What else did you have? In this in? cheesecake, so there is strawberries, um, honey, raw honey, like I said, uh, fermented cashews, uh, lemon, salt, and that's it pretty much. Okay, and then what else did you bring? Uh, these are actually uh, brownie bites that I'm working on uh, mm-hmm. for a new... Uh, I will be your experiment on the mm-hmm. show. Please, Let's yes. See. Uh, so these are something I'm working for a new subscription box oh, for good. women. Okay. Uh, so those for are women cut- only. No men um, allowed. Men are allowed, absolutely. But these are to nourish women's body during menstruation. <laughs> Do you want another one? <laughs> Which is exactly what I'm talking about. There is such a stigma, but that's our nature. Right. We, we all we have a dog in, in heat at home. So trust me, we're talking about periods all the time. <laughs> So, We're so not the, talking about yours. In it. <laughs> so that has cacao in it, which uh-huh. has a lot of magnesium, which uh, our body needs. Cacao to sounds like you're stuttering, the, but okay, stop. To replenish the blood, <laughs> well, okay. I, iron stop. from beads. Okay. <laughs> Good. I think Mr. Bake is having an epiphany. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait, I can make something that won't kill so people. What this are you is great. These? So, but, like, so these are vitamin enriched. Absolutely. Okay. All natural ingredients. There's no, a lot of women in studio. So there is, I don't know what you're waiting for. Come over. Come on, there, are the there are almonds, uh, beetroot powder. Uh-huh. Um, there is cacao, and I only use uh, raw, organic, uh-huh. fair trade cacao. Uh-huh. And there is cacao butter, and uh, there is a little uh, maple syrup in it. But that's pretty so much it. So you want this to be a subscription that people will get once a yes. month? Yes. So I'm working on a box that will include... Desserts, we all have cravings. Yes. I hate Especially- to do this, guys. You got <laughs> yeah. a break. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> all right, Tatiana, tell everybody how to find you. Uh, Rawfullydelish.com, uh, Rawfullydelish on Instagram and Facebook and such. Thank you. This is great. So good. Thank, Thank you, guys. you so much. This food is really good. Yeah, it's amazing. Ooh. All right. Okay. So, Colleen Gillespie and Daniel Villarubi are here to talk about something different. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the show, the nonprofit St. Baldrick's Foundation raises money to combat childhood cancers. Every year they get volunteers to, to tee up to raise money during the shaving day promotion. You're going to hear all about that. Uh, Why don't we take a break first and then get into it? You want to take a break first? Yeah, let's, let's take do a that. break. Let's okay. take a break first. We'll do it early. Good. Okay.
All right, we're back on Food and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I just briefly want to thank our sponsors because we're so grateful for them. Brasserie Liberté. That's yay! fun. Yay. How about, yay, you're all drinking those Come drinks. On, yeah. Yes. I mean, you're drinking for free for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, our friends at ProFish, Great Sustainable Seafood, Ivy City Smokehouse, Meat Crafters, and Central Farm Markets. So let's get back to Colleen. Why don't you hit it and tell us about St. Baldrick's and the because Shade Day. Because this is an annual event. It is. This is it's a great event. It is a great event. This is our seventh annual fundraiser mm-hmm. um, on March Sunday, March fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Shaving starts at three. Mm-hmm. Um, Why shaving? What? Let's get into yeah, that. What I happens mean, there? Let's talk about the whole like just behind that. Um, I think that it it starts with because you know when someone, especially a child, is forced to lose their hair. This is kind of like a solidarity. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to raise money to lose my hair as well in solidarity with you because you mm-hmm. have to lose your hair. And at such a young age, that's such a shocking, shocking well, you know, thing to go through. Sam Nellis is one of your your your. your I think this is his first time doing fundraisers. it. And his no, brother know, Jason, Jason had, had, had cancer, had cancer yeah. and yeah. lost all his hair in his early 20s. I did know that. And now, of course, thank God he's healthy and has a birthday. full head of hair. And today's, today's his, his birthday. birthday. Today's his birthday. And he's yeah. amazing. Thank I did know that. Um, so it's awesome that Sam is... Sam is shaving this year. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I but think so it's almost to his goal too. What is the yeah? What is the event like? How do you get to get shaved? Like you have to raise so money. You have to start a. So you join our team. There's mm-hmm. a a, a pay like a, a website. You join yes. our team, and then you raise money on your own in your own network mm-hmm. in your own friends and family, and you set a goal. And if you don't hit that goal. We try and get you to that gold day up. So it's a very interactive day mm-hmm. where Brandon Skull, who's the owner of DC Brow, he's our host, right. and he's yes. a ball of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets money out of anyone. Right. Makes it happen. He hasn't met me yet. but <laughs> No, we've already donated. Yes, we we have. And you know, our daughter, Tess, is actually in process. She's doing something very similar. She doesn't have to shave her head. But um, she is raising funds for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. They do oh. a huge Student of the Year event. And she's on a team, and they are close to raising almost eighty grand for the gala next Sunday. Yeah, we're very proud of her, her and her team. It is amazing. So we're all on the same page in raising funds. So tell people what the event is like, what they can expect to see, and then of course, like how they can help. Yeah, so it's definitely a high energy day. So we have um, a lot of auction items, some Mm -hmm. great auction items, like like a trip to Ireland for two. Super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of staycations, which involve uh, kind of like gift cards to different restaurants around the city for you to maybe go places that you haven't been before and stay in neighborhoods that maybe you don't live in. So kind of mm-hmm. like see another side of D.C. Which I love. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, great tickets to different sport like Nats games and Caps games. Mm-hmm. Um, little, little Little auction items. Right. Like if you don't so, want to spend like $200 on like mini auction items. Okay, well, so you yeah. have an auction, but tell everybody about like what the day is like. Like you come to like Boundary Stone. Uh, you I know. Boundary Stone. And so what, what time does it start and how does the party rock out? Like what's starts happening? It starts at 3 o'clock. We start shaving probably around 3.15. So we do five at a time mm-hmm. on the stage. So the parlor bar, which we call it, um, there's a stage. That's where everyone's getting their head shaved by Hell's Hell's Bottom Barbers are donating their time. <coughs> Almost everyone. Almost okay, everybody. relax. And <laughs> then the party starts. You, We have kegs donated by our local breweries, and all those tickets that you buy for those drinks go to St. Baldrick's. Um, 
And then we have a beer garden outside. You come in. It's full energy. You start donating. Brandon starts to dig off like, hey, these are our shavies for this round. Mm-hmm. We start one by one. He has donated. He has raised this amount of money. He's this far away from his goal. She's this far away from her goal. Kick it Let's up, get right. her like, okay, we need $100. We need $200. And everyone's just throwing money in the air and well, running Well, let me cards. ask Daniel, what is Atlas Brew Works doing there? Yeah, what are you all doing? Uh, so we generally have someone... Uh, Hanging out, shaving, getting, getting shaved. And you've uh, been shaved before, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on an every other so year So does it schedule. shave like your head and your beard or just your head? I've only done the top of my head. Okay, you're keeping that beard. <laughs> you're like, I am keeping this. Yeah, so that's an but, extra donated. If you decide to yeah. do your beard, it's like, okay, I will shave my beard for an extra $500. I will shave my, someone has shaved their chest before for an additional $1,000. Uh, oh Tim God. shaved his uh, eyebrows. Yeah. Okay, uh, wait. Yeah. I'm gonna bring Sam's a lawn. back. I, I was gonna say I'm gonna bring a lawn. A, a, a lawnmower, but you know what? We're gonna need an extra blade. I think. Um, <laughs> one of our old bartenders, RB, on the spot, got his chest shaved, and his wife was standing next to me, and she goes, "Okay, okay, this is happening. It's fine. It's yes, charity. It's like, right. uh huh. It fine. is. Fine. It'll only be itchy when it crisps. I don't know. Don't Sam's back looked like the Amazon. So. <laughs> so, what got you involved? Uh, honestly, it's just a really empathetic cause, and when you show up and you know you're hanging out, like the energy in that room is in, is like pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's kind of there, like clearly for a very good cause. Um, you know, raising money to like end childhood cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the first year I heard about it, I went went in. Like next year, I started. Shaving my head. <laughs> I do like having hair, so it's, you know, I'm, like I said, I do it every other. Let's year. see your hair. Come yeah. on, it's yeah. under that head. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at you that! You have a good head yeah. of hair. Oh, I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look like I already got shaved at St. Baldrick's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say, uh, right, right now, our taproom manager is actually doing it, and he has locks down to like his, uh, you know, like. I'm stomach. just looking at your hair. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Put your hat back on. Yeah. So now, how do people? Can people still sign up for this? Absolutely. Like, we take and how day much of do they, Okay, but how do you? How much money do you have to raise to be shaved? You can do whatever you want, whatever you oh. feel comfortable with. So you set your own goals. Yeah. Oh, you set your own you goals. You set your own goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could do $100. You could do, I think we had someone raise $25,000 last year. It Oof. was bonkers. That right. is bonkers. Yeah. That's so exciting. Uh, can you give all the, the basics, where, yeah. when, what? Boundary Stone, Public House, 116 Rhode Island Avenue, Northwest. Right mm-hmm. off Rhode Island. Right on, first. Right and on, if you yeah. haven't been, it's such a fun spot. It's you should check it out, like, any night of the week, obviously. Uh, but it is a great place. It's a great event space. It is a great event space. We have mm-hmm. multiple people get married there. People have their birthdays there. Everything happens there. Let's get married. Um, <laughs> uh, three o'clock. <laughs> you know you want to. Uh, Sunday, March 15th at three o'clock. The party starts. Um, and then it goes until the last shavy finishes. Finishes. And the then we, we keep partying. So you can stay as long as you want. Great. Uh, it's a great, great cause. Okay. You know. Give All us right. a date. Give us where people can sign up. Uh, March 15th. Yep. It is a Sunday at 3 o'clock. Right. You so after can... you listen to Foodie and the Beast, then right. you can go and then party. Then you can go. Start yes. your day off right. Yeah, of course. Um, you can go to our website, uh, BoundaryStoneDC.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can go. We have a link to our St. Baldrick's page. You can follow us on Instagram at BoundaryStoneDC.com. And we'll have our, we have different posts about it. Um, and of and course, everything you've heard here today, you can find on the list or you on it.com. Shameless right. plug. It is not shameless. 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 It is Fact. Fact. There's nothing it shameless about it. All right, right. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you both for coming. All right, thank Zachary, so I want to come back and talk a little bit about the menu at Brasserie Liberté and how you kind of craft what you do to be in sync with, you know, pairing with the foods that are there. Uh, certainly. So like I said, uh, the um, Brasserie Liberté, uh, Prospect Street in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's open seven days a week, uh, early to late. Uh, happy Wait, hours. what does that mean, early to late? Uh, certainly. So uh, during the week, we open at 11 o'clock on uh, Monday through Friday. Oh, so you're open through. for lunch? Uh, open for lunch, dinner, and late night. 
Okay. Uh, so during uh, Monday through or Sunday through uh, Thursday, uh, the restaurant closes at 2 a.m. And then Friday and Saturday, the restaurant closes at 3 a.m. Uh, but food, you're open for brunch. And we are open for brunch Saturday and Sunday at 8 a.m. Uh, there's no closure. So there's so no rest through. for the weary uh, if you're no at Brasserie Liberté. Uh, seven days a week, uh, 100,000 hours there. So basically, if you're awake, there's a good chance that we are too. Okay. Uh, and then uh, come in for a cocktail, come in for uh, you know beef bourguignon, mm-hmm. uh, come in for some comfort food and a good classic cocktail. So tell us, like, for brunch cocktails, what's what are you hot to serve? So, so I mean, you're always going to have the standbys of uh, the Bloody Mary and the mimosa, but uh, the two that you had, the, the first ones, the bubbles, I think everything's better with bubbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Key Royale and the French 75. Uh, then also I have uh, my take on a French 75 called the Calais. Uh, well, that one wasn't the best in the world. That was the third best in the world at Tales of the Cocktail. Oh, my God. Uh, so oh, you suck. Road, always dude. try. Right. You can't win them all, right. but right. I'd like to. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then um, I'm going to give you a, one more cocktail for uh, the, the show. Uh, so kind of doing progressive tasting, going from lighter to, to heavier and boozier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last one uh, we're going to be ending with is a classic uh, old-fashioned. Uh, so it's probably the original cocktail. Uh, when the original cocktail is uh, defined in writing, it was in 1806 in a uh, publication in upstate New York. Uh, this has to do with politics, not war. I was going to uh, say, politician, no war? Well, politician was uh, celebrating voters, possibly bribing voters, uh, but alcohol was involved. <laughs> Uh, so uh, hopefully can uh, you know make friends here, make uh, loyal followers, uh, whether or not uh, I'm bribing you or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is is the president listening? That's the question. An, 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 old, an old fashioned is basically brown bitter and stirred. Uh, so it's just a base spirit, a little bit of sugar, some bitters. Um, and this one we're doing, we're doing is a uh, barrel selected Buffalo Trace. Um, so uh, they're the same people that make Pappy Van Winkle, the the cult whiskey that you can't find, and if you can, you can't afford. Uh, so we uh, tracked down. I know. Uh, talk about a PR stunt, yeah. right? I mean, for real. I mean, I always, I always, you know, I, I tell my guests that uh, Pappy Van Winkle is like Michael Jordan. Is it the best of all time? Debatable. But if you have a chance to get him on your team and you say no, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> That's so, a I good mean, way it's, of it's, putting it. Like, no one's going to say it's objectively a bad spirit. It's absolutely fantastic. So is it the goat? That's the question. Uh, it definitely has to be in consideration. Okay. Uh, so okay. we're using their, uh, their, um, uh, one of the other products, their standard Buffalo Trace one. I did a barrel selection, so I went through and tried some samplers. Uh, we picked it out, so it's uh, exclusive to Brasserie Liberté. Uh, then uh, we're using both uh, orange and Angostura bitters, finishing off with a lemon and orange peel. So it's going to be uh, an old-fashioned is basically a fancy shot that you sip, um, and that's kind of just how I think that it, it should be. And that's how we're going to be closing out this evening, going from the lighter bubbly drinks to a heavier boozy drink. And uh, you can come to Brasserie Liberté and have uh, anything uh, in that entire range. You can have a light drink and a light meal. A heavy uh, cocktail, fancy whiskey. We do have Happy Van Winkle. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, so please, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for you, you were us. terrific. All right, so that's the show. We're done. Um, everything you heard about on the show today is Nikki so boldly mentioned. You can find on the list or you want it, dot com. And uh, I know you, there, you have things you want to say. You want to say... Like, Are you going to let me speak? Yes. Okay. I thought so, I would. We want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. It was literally a delicious show. We had a lot of sugar, we had a lot of spirits, and we had a lot of non-sugar that tasted help. like sugar. So it was really great. All this information you can find on the list or you want it, dot com. Follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And check me out tomorrow on Industry Night on fullserviceradio.org. I've got the Napa Valley Vintners in studio. Have a delicious week. 